Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education or any other field from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we are here with the author of Sticks and Stones, Defeating the Culture of Bullying and Rediscovering the Power of Character and Empathy, Emily Bazelon. Welcome to the EdCast. Thanks so much for having me. So Emily, you've been doing press coverage, talks, interviews for your book the entire day, probably the entire week and months leading up to it, I'm sure. Bullying is a big piece of your book. Let's bring you back to when you were a child. Was bullying something that hit you hard? Was it something that you noticed? Was it something that you were subject to? I had an experience in eighth grade where my friends essentially decided they didn't want to be friends with me anymore which is a typical problem with girls and bullying. Girls often turn on their friends, which can be really devastating. And for me, it made me absolutely miserable for a few months. I remember crying a lot when I went home from school. And I think it was pretty formative um, in terms of my developing a sense of self and not always in a good way. I think it made me really wary of other people for a while. Um, You're the mother of two children. Is bullying now more on your radar, having children and and being protective of them? And also, you've also noticed how bullying has evolved. Obviously, when you were a child, the internet probably didn't play as much of a role in bullying. And now, uh, the ubiquity of online bullying really compounds things. Right. I think parents of my generation, the biggest difference for them is social media and then texting because the kids have access to phones. And this is completely different from when we were growing up. We just have no teenage experience of our own that matches it. And so I think that's one of the reasons bullying has become such an important topic for parents because we're trying to figure out how the internet and all this access to technology is changing how kids treat each other. There's a difference between being interested in bullying and trying to fight against it and then also writing a book about bullying. Um, Take us back a little bit. You're writing for Slate. You write a couple series on bullying, bully, and then a couple um, profiles of the student in South Hadley. How does it go from a series that, you know, piques your interest to really wanting to focus a whole book on this? You know, one of the things I've noticed with this topic is that almost everybody has some strong, visceral memory from childhood. I've never written about something before where everyone had a story they wanted to share. And that doesn't mean everyone was bullied, because most people, in fact, are not bullied. And most people certainly don't act as bullies. But everybody has witnessed something or had a moment in childhood where they felt incredibly left out or beaten up. That happens too when I talk to people. And it was really that sense of vast impact that led me to write the book. So Sticks and Stones focuses on three particular people. Uh, Can you just walk us through people? Don't give it all away because we still want them to buy the book. So true. But, uh, you know, how how do you share the story of bullying through the vignettes of these uh, young children? Well, there's a girl named Monique who I start the book with. And she's a seventh grader who had an experience of bullying that should have been small and blew up. She got called a biter on the bus. That's the kid's word for copycat. And it was because she had a hairstyle that she thought was exciting and new, but it turned out someone else had. That sounds trivial and it should have been, but her school did not handle things well at the outset, and in the end, her mother got so frustrated that she actually pulled Monique out of school. 
Then there is a boy named Jacob who in seventh and eighth grade started painting his fingernails and dyeing his hair. And he lives in upstate New York and that was just not typical behavior for a boy in his community. And the other kids gave him a really hard time, pushed him down the stairs um, and, and also just verbally taunted him for months. So he is actually a kid who successfully sued his school district for failing to protect him. And then the third story in my book you mentioned briefly before, it's about the, a suicide of a girl named Phoebe Prince who was a 15-year-old in South Hadley, Massachusetts when she killed herself. And there were six kids who were criminally charged after her death in a way that really blamed them for bullying her to death. So I wanted to investigate that story as well. Like it was anything, whether it be the movie, the bully movie, the bully project, and, and books about bullying, it's hard to not jump in and, and come away with takeaways of, okay, bullying happens. Here are three examples of it. Here's what should have happened. Here's what you should do to prevent this. Is that something that your book does? Or what is your approach to the, to the sort of calls to action once you know bullying's happening? What do you do? What do you tell the listeners and the audience to do? I think bullying is a more complicated problem than usually gets reported in the news. So I want people to appreciate that, that these are stories with lots of layers. There are places where you can see something go wrong. So for example, one of the mistakes in Monique's story was that the school tried to do peer mediation. They told Monique to sit down across the table from her bullies. That's not a good idea with kids who have a real power imbalance. And that's one of the defining characteristics of bullying. You have some kids or some people who have a lot more power than others. That's why the experience is so painful because they're really able to inflict damage. So that just wasn't a good idea in Monique's case. And I hoped by showing that um, I can really give a sense of what a better outcome would be. But I do resist the idea that there's one simple magic bullet. And I particularly don't think it's a good idea for communities to turn to one assembly solutions. We sort of want there to be one day about bullying in a school and then have the problem solved. But this is really much more about planting a garden, if you will, in which you really figure out how to encourage kids to build up their capacity for empathy and how to change the dynamic of popularity so that kids aren't rewarded by each other socially for being mean. And that's a garden that you have to tend over time. A lot of our listeners are teachers and parents and people involved in education reform. And a lot of bullying obviously does happen in the school setting. Uh, what would you say to teachers, uh, to mothers and, and fathers out there listening now? What do they do with your book? They read it, and what is the best way for them to, to analyze it, to, uh, to use it in a way that's going to help their school districts, their schools, and their children uh, live in a better, peaceful environment? Well, that's such a good question. I have resources in my book that people can turn to and use, and I think are really good discussion starters. And I think my book can work in that way as well. So one of the things I'd love best would be to have teachers read it with their students to really elicit from the kids how they feel about these kinds of incidents and about the research that I synthesize. And it's true for parents, too. I think parents can take it in, and hopefully they'll find the book to be um, a call to arms, but in a reassuring, kind of sane way. There's so much hype about bullying and so much fear that I find when I talk to parents, I'm able to actually say, you know what, things aren't so terrible. There are a lot of ways in which kids are better off now than when we were growing up, and that gives us the wherewithal to deal with this psychological problem. Best place to get the book, Emily. Amazon or your local bookstore. And Emily, you are about to embark on a hour and a half forum discussion on bullying at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. As a Yale alum, are you expecting any bullying yourself uh, from us to you? 
I figure that Harvard is such a civilized and generous place that my Yale degree, my double Yale degree, will not be held against me. What do you think? Well, we shall see. <laughs> Follow the video later on, folks. The book is Sticks and Stones, Defeating the Culture of Bullying and Rediscovering the Power of Character and Empathy. Emily, thank you so much for appearing on the show. Thanks so much for having me. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.